Holy sniff snarf, Batman. Is this a podcast intro? Yes, yes it is. But I'm not Batman sidekick Robin. I'm Christian Hoffman, and this is The Backlot with Lot 1. All kidding aside, this week's episode, we dive deep on the evolution of the film industry and the streaming boom, Disney Plus, and film set curses. This episode is a lot like our real conversations. At one point in editing, I heard someone say something about how they could talk about this stuff all day, and we've actually literally done that before, uh, talking about the topics in this episode and many more until like six in the morning on many, many occasions. So buckle up, you're in for a good time. Quick warning though, the audio in this episode is a little bit rough, and uh, we're sorry for that. Somehow we managed to improve our audio all the way up until the third episode, and then somehow still managed to shit the bed. Uh, But it's still listenable, so I hope you can forgive us this transgression. Also, another audio thing. Someone is sniffly. I'm not sure who it is, and I couldn't really do much in a lot of places to take it out. Wherever I could, I did, but, uh, you know, we're human. We get sick. Lastly, however, I want to talk about something not really as technical difficulties. In the beginning of the episode, we talk about the place that we're recording at, Riverside Studios. Uh, We now have offices there, we film basically all of our things there, and we have a little place to record the podcast. Uh, Didn't make much difference to the quality of the episode for this one in particular, but in the future, it will. Uh, Obviously, We aren't going to be doing that anytime soon due to the current COVID-19 crisis. We're going to be recording the next couple of episodes online, but that does mean that we're finally caught up to the present. You're going to be listening to the podcast in almost realish time instead of, you know, several months uh, afterwards. And finally, this episode was recorded right before the premiere of the return, and we shouted out at the end of the episode, but I just wanted to throw it out in the front too. If you haven't seen it, go watch the return. It's on YouTube, it's on Vimeo. Uh, just find our social media at Lot One Productions, basically anywhere. Uh, text me if you have my cell phone number and be like, hey, Christian, send me a link. Bro, I don't have five seconds to Google it, uh, and then I will, if you send me that exact text. Uh, but watch it, even if you've seen it eight times. Just, you know, support people. Well, this got kind of weird. Okay, uh, here's the episode. Enjoy! Okay, cut. Reset, reset, reset. Ready? Ready. Quiet on set, and Action. Hello, welcome to The Backlot by Lot One Productions. Uh, my name is Chris Henley. I'll be the host for episode four today. With me, I have Casey Jacobs. Hello, I'm waving at the microphone. <laughs> Christian Hoffman. I feel like my shtick has been stolen. I wave at inanimate objects. So you're just assuming this is an inanimate object? Yeah. You're waving at the people through the mic. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> hey, people, high five. Good job. <clears throat> So, uh, today, uh, I have a pretty deep topic. I've been really excited for like two weeks to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and do it a little slow at first so we don't lose people. Um, but first, before we do that, before we do that, uh, I would like to uh, talk about, you know, where we are, Christian. Where are we? That's a great question, Chris. I'll give you some hints. It's a place... In kind of the middle of nowhere. We have keys to it, and we come here frequently for filming purposes. Does anyone have any guesses? Ooh, I don't it's know. It's Riverside Studios. I was going to say Scandia, damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so what is Riverside Studios, Christian? Riverside Studios is uh, a kind of in-development film studio. Something that the Inland Empire doesn't really have is a film studio that can like house many companies doing many things, do projects that are kind of larger than the sum of its parts. Uh, and Riverside Studios is the place where the magic is going to happen. Yeah, I know we had talked about it in episode one and a little bit in episode two of just how film is leaving L.A. Um, we've been in the talks for a while about living in Riverside Studios because the opportunity that brings to student filmmakers 
is uh, pretty big. Um, but we're happy to announce now we are officially in it. We're in the middle of constructing our offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I said offices. We have three small rooms. Ooh. Ooh. Currently. Yes. Who knows when we get more? One of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of them will be a podcast room for this podcast specifically. It's great. We're going to be making movies here. Films are going to be coming through. Uh, We can talk about that more another time. But let's uh, jump into this topic. So I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think the end of movie theaters as we know it will be? End of movie theaters... As we know it, I feel like is the important term there. Yeah. I think they'll still be a thing because it's, it's an experience. Like people are going to want to go out of the way to search for it. But I do believe it's not going to be as mainstream as they've been in the past. Okay, but what, what do you think is killing movie theaters? The streaming services. Okay, Christian? Uh, I think that's part of it. I feel like there's just a lot of other forms of entertainment that are viable right now. Streaming, you could almost see as, like, another form of entertainment. I know that Able in particular kind of seems to think that streaming is, like, a thing of its own. Like, it's not the same thing as a movie that you see in the movie theater. Or at least it's not the same experience, and it's different. But I I agree with Casey. I think that just, like, drive-in theaters are still a thing. Normal movie theaters will still be a thing. So do you think that normal movie theaters will turn into, like, the drive-in, where there's only, like, one in every major city that you go to? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of freaking movie theaters everywhere. Yes. Like, I don't know what happened with, like, most of the drive-ins. Like, I'm assuming they just got, like, tore down or whatever, or repurposed in some way, and some stood the test of time. But movie theaters, there's a, there's a lot. Yeah. And, like, I don't know what they could be converted into or anything if they literally are just useless anymore, but... Just giant ball pits. Just just giant. I, I'm on board with that, actually. Can we can we make that happen? Side note, that is actually a thing. Movie theaters are trying to cater to parents with kids, mm-hmm. and the biggest issue with going to kids in movie theaters is the kids get antsy in the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. So they're actually making playgrounds in theaters for kids it's gonna be too with loud. the lights on. It's going to be loud. That's, loud. that's the whole point, though. Yeah, but that sounds awful. See, that doesn't sound like, hey, come that, watch a movie. By the way, your kids can play. It's not happening. for the parents. It's for the kids. See, that it's, seems it's like a playground. Like headphones or something so you can just ignore the kids. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thing. But it's, it it's seems more like, hey, here's a cool playground that the parents can watch a movie while watching their kids and not vice versa. Anyway, side note aside, <laughs> back on track. Um, so, you, streaming. You think streaming will maybe not kill it completely, but start to kill it? Just streaming, but also, like, different forms of media. We talked in the last episode about, like, how we think video games and that technology is going to, like, affect movies going forward and how it already has started. Um, and I think that part of that will be, like, like VR experiences are going to become a much larger thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the escape room phenomenon that's going mm-hmm. on and really... Yeah push it to the next level, and expand on it so much further. So, like, you might still go see a movie, for example, but you're going to see it through, like, the VR lens and kind of get to experience it that way, whatever that actually looks like. Yeah. And that would be one of the things that I feel like takes over. You also probably wouldn't even have to leave your house. Yeah, no. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, in, like, 2008 or something, in Gary's Mod, we were watching movies in, like, a Gary's Mod movie theater. And like from our houses, and yeah, it kind of sucked, but like it's better. And if you made a thing that was for that, it would only get better from there. Yes, I, I agree. I think streaming services are going to maybe not kill it completely, but I think the war is changing from instead of like streaming services going after TV, I think streaming services are actually starting to go after the movie theater itself. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that also is, you know, the death of film is the TV industry, if you think about it. Everything's going more towards TV. The business side of film is going towards TV because they'll make more money off of a TV show Mm -hmm. because people are more likely to come back for an entire season than go and watch an hour and a half film. Yeah. And you have a lot more opportunities to, like, put in product advertising. You can put ads between your things. You can maybe, uh, like require a subscription service in order to view it maybe without ads maybe with limited ads so there's definitely a lot more avenues for getting money Mm -hmm. um you're gonna be able to better build a like a fan base and like people that will stick around for stuff you keep Um, the conversation on their tongues longer yeah and also you get to reuse stuff like in a movie 
you like get to use you know your sets and your props and whatever, and then you throw it all away. That's literally what happens is they just throw everything away. Maybe some of it gets recycled to a different production, but like that doesn't really help you or the studio or whatever out if you can't reuse it for your own stuff. And if you're doing a series, if you're doing a series, you're going to want to keep all that stuff around and like keep it active because you're going to be reusing it for future episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So there's conversation about all these streaming services that are, are coming out. Right, so you have Disney just launched theirs, and we'll, we'll come back to Disney. We have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon's amping up their streaming service. Um, HBO has one, CBS has one, NBC has announced one. Peacock, right? Yeah, like there are, I would say probably almost 100 streaming services out there between everything. That being said, a lot of people believe that there's going to be a streaming service crash. Because... Oh, yeah. Basically, the whole the whole like drop for streaming was the idea that you know like TV you pay a huge ass subscription for a bunch of channels, and you can argue each of those channels is a streaming service. So the great thing was you know I pay for Netflix, I go to Netflix, and I you know don't have the hassle of a cable company. The argument is the whole like convenience of streaming is disappearing because your favorite shows are on different channels, mm-hmm. and each of those channels now have their own streaming services. Yeah. Now you go to Disney Plus for Star Wars. For Stranger Things, you go to Netflix. You know, HBO has Game of Thrones. Well, that's done. You know, whatever they're going to next. So what streaming services do you think will survive if there's a streaming collapse? Disney Plus. Yeah. That Netflix. one, I think, is just so monumental in all their previous entities and all their works and just compiled it to one location. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. That's not a problem. Um, While you were talking, I changed my mind. I think Netflix is going to fall apart. Yeah. Really? It's going to come crashing down. I feel like that's a part of, like, movie history that is less talked about. And, like, when I've been in classes where they talk about, like, film and film uh, history and stuff, they'll talk about, like, oh, this was put out by this studio that doesn't exist anymore. Or it got bought out by this studio. And Netflix is fairly large right now, but I don't think that it's, like, too big to fail, in a sense. Mm. I feel like, yes, it certainly is likely that it will, like, be big enough to, like, keep itself going for when the crash does hit on, you know... So you think the crash will hit? You oh, think yeah. there's going to be a crash? There's going to be something. A streaming service is something you throw a ton of money at, and nobody's really figured out how to... I mean, Netflix, yeah, and Disney, yeah, like, they figured out how to make some money from it, but it requires them throwing so much to, like, keep it going, and I feel like eventually people are going to get a little bit fatigued by that, Mm. and then it's going to be harder to keep it going. I feel like Netflix, like, there's going to be a change in leadership, it's going to be someone who's a little bit more conservative, someone trying to keep what they have instead of pushing towards the next thing, and then that's going to, they're going to steers themselves. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you're familiar with that situation, yeah, they're yeah. going to get a CEO that secretly like sells off all of their pieces for their own profit. And then by the time anyone realizes it, it's going to be too late. They're going to have to dissolve the company. Yeah. Um, well, so, like, so sorry, really quick. Yeah. So you said Disney plus will survive. You think Netflix is going to die. What about yeah. Hulu? Hulu is already dead. Hulu, so you think Hulu is dead? What is Hulu attached to? Disney. It is a Disney. Disney and we'll come Disney back to that. Disney majority. owns a, major, a majority share in Hulu. Yeah. After It'll they bought probably, Fox, they own like seventy percent. What? What about Amazon? Yeah, Amazon's fine. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon's Amazon. Yeah. I think for Netflix though, Netflix is one where I think they're going to fail because their whole rise to power and popularity was based off of the convenience of what they provide. But based off of other people's properties. And yeah, there's Netflix originals now. All It's oversaturated. And like, when I scour Netflix, if I'm not looking for something that's already a pre-established property somewhere else, and I'm looking just through like all their shows, like, it, it, it's, there's too much. It's, it's overdone. And now that they're losing a lot of their properties that are going to... The really big ones, too. The ones that are like, they're going to the, the owner's own established streaming services, Netflix is going to... Be hung up to dry. There's not going to be anything for it. Do you think NBC Universal will survive? Possibly, but they're going to do that. They're going to pull all their stuff from Netflix, and Netflix will be lost with it. Now, whether they succeed or fail after pulling it, I don't know. I think that there is something to be said for smaller streaming services. If you're aware of like, uh, I think it's called Alpha. 
alphas, like Nerdist and Geek and Sundry and whatever, like they came together and made a, like a subscription service for their own videos. Um, and then they do a lot of original content there. They're basically taking the things they were already doing and already making money off of, putting it in a place where they had more control over it. And then they can still do this stuff on YouTube and like Twitch and whatever. And then anything that doesn't quite fit there or anything extra they want to do for those, they can throw on the streaming service. And then they're going to have some fans that like are willing to pay that a little bit extra because it's the same thing with like Patreon or with Kickstarter or anything. People are willing to give money to these smaller companies. And so I feel like it'll work there. But then also, I think that we're going to see like a cableized version of streaming come uh, soon. I can see you making a face. So I think that's really interesting. Ding, ding, ding. I think that eventually all of these like own, like these channels that are making their own streaming services, like NBC, CBS, whatever, all of them are eventually going to come together and make like a cable version where, hey, you can pay $80 to get access to all of the streaming services in one place. So you don't have to go to Netflix. You don't have to go to Disney Plus. You just go to Yawaza, the name of this imaginary streaming service, and you say, oh, I want to know everything. And then, oh, I, I can't watch that show because I didn't pay the extra for HBO. But I can still see that it's a thing. And then I can see like, oh, if I just paid $8 more, I could get access to all of the stuff that they have over there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a consolidated platform where you still give each of these companies their own money. And like, you know, they're still bringing in their own customers probably, but it's like a consolidated platform. Would there be commercials or would it be Netflix? Oh yeah. There'd be commercials or ads of some sort. Wait, so you're saying that the streaming services are going to destroy cable TV and just recreate cable TV. That's what they do. Oh yeah. They're, they're literally just mulching out of their shell yeah. just to reemerge as the exact same thing. They're destroying cable <laughs> TV and Hulu to make what Hulu basically already is. So do you think that people are unaware of this situation or do you think people are beginning to realize it? I think that there are people that realize clueless. it. Clueless. But I think that most people are really clueless because most people aren't paying attention to like oh Hulu is now owned entirely by Disney who just started their own streaming service and like yeah, maybe they decide to keep Hulu around to throw the stuff that they don't want on Disney+, Plus. but, like, I feel like eventually they're going to be like, yeah, we don't want another streaming service just, you know, chilling out, maybe taking our dollars. We want to make ourselves, like, the top dog. I don't know. Okay, right. so these are these are great. So let's get to the meat of mm-hmm. what... We're going to circle back, because I know it's been a little bit confusing. Well, let's get to the meat. What is your opinion of Disney+. Plus? Christian? <laughs> um, <laughs> Disney's great. We're totally not afraid of them. Uh, yeah, no, it's... I like it so far. I like the idea of... Because when I was a kid, like, I would collect, like, all the different VHSs and all the DVDs that I could for all the movies, and when they would have, like, you remember those commercials, like, oh, it's going into the Disney vault forever, you'll never see it again. I really like the idea that, like, I have the availability to just watch anything from the past at the tip of my finger, so. So you think they'll they'll always have those titles on their streaming service? I don't know. I don't see why they would take them off. Like, why not? Like, you own it, leave it on there, people are watching it. Hmm. Christian? I feel like eventually they're gonna start putting some stuff away, and there's no, like, logistical reason they have to do it. It's just gonna be because, like, oh, this stuff isn't getting watched, so we're gonna put it away. Or like, oh, we can create, like, false scarcity in this landscape mm. if we, like, decide that things are only available, like, for certain times or whatever. Because then that creates, like, a, a schedule of it and people will be, like, looking forward to it. Yeah, they're going to find ways to, like, manipulate the market even internally. And, you know, they're going to be doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's just the way it's going to go. So how do you feel about, you know, for those who don't know, Disney Plus has released a few original series. Mm. They release them once a week instead of like what Netflix does where they release the entire season right away. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? It's fine. At the moment, it's fine. It's fine? It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Disney Plus, I don't really care that much. I think it's cool that people can access all of these things, especially some of the stuff that wasn't really easily accessible before. Like, I enjoy that. Right now, it's cheap, but that's just because they want to hook all of their customers while they start to build up their base of, like, original content on the platform, um, using the old stuff to drop people in. 
and uh, you know, eventually the prices are going to go up. Things are going to change, but you know, I don't hate it as an idea. I think it's a really good idea for them, but I think it gets the audience more involved, and in the fact that like you have something to look forward to with like with Netflix, it's like, hey, everyone, come over. We're just going to watch as many episodes until we're all tired and sick of it. This one, it's like, I don't know, every week you have something to look forward to. Yeah, like every Friday you agree to, you know, meet at one person's house and you just have watch to watch the Mandalorian and High School Musical, High School Musical. Musical series. <laughs> I mean, it's not like what we don't do right now. And it's yeah. not like we want to watch one of those shows more, shows more than the other. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So what I'm getting at I, is I personally believe Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a big theory. Oh, conspiracy time. Oh, Here we go. Okay. Disney is trying to kill not just other streaming services. I believe that they are trying to kill the movie theater, TV, alongside other streaming services. I don't think streaming services are their primary goal. I think their primary goal is the movie theater, second, TV, third. Other streaming services. Fourth world domination. (laughs) Fourth world domination. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is it's really smart what they're doing. You know, like back to the, you know, releasing one episode a week. It's just, that's just TV. They, Disney hasn't just created a streaming service. They have created a cable. You know, I pay Disney. It's like Disney Channel. And I get my episode once a week. And then I have to wait six months for another season. And I get it once a week. It's just like TV. They're trying to copy it, but make it better. Yeah. Right? And, like, the whole, like, the whole appeal for Netflix was, like, oh, I can do it whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, oh, I can't. If I miss the show, I didn't miss it. I just have to watch it whenever I can. Exactly. And I think Netflix is going to have to change because what has been, what people have, I've seen a couple articles on this, is that when, like, a new season of, like, Stranger Things comes out... People just buy a one-month subscription of Netflix, binge-watch it, and cancel. Mm-hmm. What releasing it weekly does is it causes people to keep their subscriptions for at least two to three months, depending on how many episodes there are, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's more money towards them instead of Netflix where they gain subscribers, lose subscribers. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to, Disney's going to keep these subscribers. Mm-hmm. But why I say Disney's trying to kill the, the theater, the movie theater itself, is because not a lot of people know this. Studios, the actual filmmakers, only get forty percent of ticket sales from a movie ticket, mm-hmm. and that's on the high end. That's not on the low end. So when you go buy a ticket to to Avengers Endgame, which you know made billions of dollars, Disney isn't even getting fifty percent of their money from that ticket. And even though Disney still made, you know, billions of dollars, they want more billions of dollars. So then that's a failure. And when Endgame came out, Disney actually held movie theaters hostage. What they did is they said, hey, we will not put this movie in a theater unless you give us more money back. They wanted something like 75% of the ticket sales and the movie theater only receiving 25%. Now, the movie theaters didn't like that, and they were just like, hey, then we're not going to play a freaking movie, you know? And Disney's like, okay, don't have the biggest movie of all time in your theater. That's so, okay. then what they compromised, well, compromise, air quotes, is they got a little bit more of the percentage back from the movie ticket, but then they forced the movie theaters to play those movies more often. Yeah. Mm. So, like, Endgame had, like, every time you look... At, you know, showtimes, there was three or four different theaters. There were, like, a showing. They crammed in every showing that they could Mm -hmm. because Disney made them do that. Yep. So, I personally think Disney's trying to kill the the theaters because they want 100% of the ticket sales back. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Cut the middleman out. Straight to audience. Makes sense business-wise. The only other option would be to buy all of the movie theaters, which... I wouldn't put it past them, but also at some point, like, somebody's gonna come along and be like, hey, Disney, you're really fat. Let's just kind of shave some of that excess off, break you into a bunch of different companies. And I feel like buying the movie theaters, if they were to just buy, like, AMC and Regal or something, that would be, like, a pretty big thing. Monopoly. And then they could make their own prices on the movies, which is just as terrifying. I don't think, I don't think... 
the government would ever let that happen. No. And that's where it not goes more into than like 15 years. Not, yeah. <laughs> They'd probably like allow it and be like, ooh, this isn't going so well. We'll fix it later. And that's where my next point comes is when Disney Plus launched, it had Lady and the Tramp on it. Mm-hmm. Lady and the Tramp live action never made it to theaters. I think Lady and the Tramp was a safe enough um, title for Disney to do that because it's not like Beauty and the Beast. It's not like The Lion King. If they were to have done that, like people would be outraged. Right. Yeah. But people would still pay more for Disney Plus to see that original there. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, we all know those are going to eventually make it on the streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Lady and the Tramp was a tester. I think they wanted to see how many people would actually go and watch it on the first week of release on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. See so um, how many people they're taking directly from the theaters. Exactly. And so in my mind, um, I have I have two theories. One, as you mentioned, is like Disney buying out the movie theaters. I personally see them creating their own movie see, theater. I didn't know how that yeah. would work. Why wouldn't they have just done that before? <laughs> It's very. Expensive. I think at one, it's it's they more expensive because if they do a streaming service, they receive one hundred percent of the profit. Yeah, you know, um, and I think it's it's really complicated. They would have to create a completely new company with like people in the building, buy buildings, buy land, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I personally think what we're going to see within the next year to two years is Disney is going to choose one of their titles, something that gets a big enough audience. But isn't, like, their main titles. Like, they wouldn't do this to Avengers Endgame or whatever. But maybe they'll do it to, like, the Black Widow movie. It's popular enough. Mm -hmm. But it's not so popular that if they did this, and I'll get to what they're going to do, it would affect them. And I personally think we're going to see a double release. We're going to see them release Black Widow in the movie theaters at the same time releasing it on the streaming service. And see what outperforms what. And I can tell you it's going to be the streaming service. I, I agree, but I don't think they're going to start with a simultaneous release. I think they're probably going to start with like like Ooh. a one-week or two-week delay. Yeah. Because if the... <clears throat> uh, I'm pretty sure that when they make a contract with a movie theater to release a movie, there's like, oh, yeah. oh it can't be released on a streaming service or on a oh, Blu-ray yeah. or something for X amount of time. And the time between like movie theater and Blu-ray has gotten shorter and shorter. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like they're going to start with, like, okay, one month after Black Widow comes out, it will be on Disney+. Plus. And it's like, wow, that's really short. I remember it was even relatively short with, like, um, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Marvel fan. Uh, it was really short between Infinity War's release. It was like two or three months or something, I think. But it was really short between the release of that and when it arrived on Netflix. And I feel like they're going to start with like a little bit of a delay, but only a short one. And then they're going to slowly creep up to probably, you know, a simulcast kind of thing. I agree. I just, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me about this situation, because I'm not normally conspiracy theorist, uh, thinks that... Disney's going to bully them into it mm, because probably. they're so powerful. Yeah. Yep. And it may not be Black Widow. And you're right. They may, they may start where it's like a week. I think the only way this could ever get stopped, because I think that's their eventual goal, yeah. is to not even go to theaters. Go straight to the streaming service mm-hmm. because they get 100% of those profits. Yeah. And, and they probably have to pay Amazon something for all the traffic. But Everyone being super like... Um, lazy they're just gonna watch it at home right except for those who like the experience like i like the experience and real quick the reason they're gonna do a delay um and particularly as short as possible and they're gonna creep it up slowly is not only because you know then there are gonna be people that decide to watch it at home or whatever but they're gonna see like okay how many people watched it on release what were our expectations of that and then how many people waited two weeks to watch it when it came out Mm. how many new subscriptions did we get when that came out or leading up to that release and they're going to do all these metrics that say, like, oh, we can increase our company's profits by this percentage if we do release in this structure. And that might not be simulcast, like theater or whatever. And that might not be 100% to streaming service, although I feel like that's fairly likely. That might be like, oh, we release it in theaters for the experience of theaters, and then we release it, you know, on the streaming service for everyone that didn't want to watch it in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I can see them being more cash grabby and by uh like right now they have I think it's like charters 
cable. They have, like, their streaming, uh, it's called On Demand. And at any moment, you can just choose a film from their database and just watch it for, like, a dollar. I'm wondering if Disney, if they start to do these big releases where it's straight to the streaming service, it's like, oh, well, you have to have the streaming service to watch it. But maybe you don't want the streaming service. Maybe maybe here's, like, a temporarily one-time <clears throat> purchase you buy a digital ticket. It's a, literally a digital ticket. And instead of like, oh, I pay for this monthly so I get it mm-hmm. whenever I want to. But it's like, pay us like four bucks and you can watch it right now at home once. I think it would be so, more than four bucks. But the problem with that is currently one month subscription at Disney Plus is only $7. Right. So you see I, what I'm I, saying? I like, I like that. It's like yeah. video games. So right now, oh like the God. Xbox One, right? Mm-hmm. So you pay a subscription to be on their online service. Yep. Most games don't work without the online service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and with everything going cloud storage instead of local storage. Which is nice. It, it's, nice. it's nice, but because that is happening, I could see it to where it's like, okay, you pay for the Disney streaming service. Mm-hmm. It has everything Disney. And maybe they make a deal with other, other companies or whatever. They have everything. But then you want to buy that movie. Pay us five bucks for that movie. You're still paying for the subscription. If you don't pay for that subscription, they'll use the excuse of, oh, you're not paying for our online service, so you can't stream this movie to your TV, even though you own it. Mm-hmm. Just like a video game nowadays. Yeah. I could kind of see that. Mm-hmm. And that scares me. And I personally think that we're going to start seeing a way with DVDs. Because why would a company say, hey, let me sell you one time for 30 bucks? Mm-hmm. A DVD when I can charge you a monthly subscription to watch that same movie whenever you want. Yeah. I think DVD and Blu-ray is already dead. I feel like it's been dead for a while. Like, ever since they started doing the, the bundles where you get the DVD and Blu-ray and the digital download little code copy in your thing, that was kind of the death. Because it, it seemed like a stretch. It was like, hey, come buy it. And we'll give you... Well, it, it doesn't matter what watch. you have. It doesn't matter what you have. You'll be able to watch this movie for sure. We got you covered. Don't worry about it. You know, like, the real thing you want here is, like, maybe you want a physical thing to display on your shelf. But the most important thing, you're going to watch it on your iPad. Yeah. So you want the digital download. And for the longest time, like, personal story, the longest time my dad likes to go buy those DVDs. Oh, so do I. And he would get, like, the digital copy bundles, but not, like, even care about it. I, I took, like, a day and just sifted through every single DVD, opening the case, pulling the little thing out. And downloading the copy to where he has, like, a huge, like, library of his movies online now that he can access at any time. You know, I should probably do that because I'm just like your dad. I never, ever did the She has a big-ass suitcase, <laughs> and he's got a big box full of empty boxes, but he doesn't throw anything away, and he just, he likes, he likes to keep them. He's like a collector of sorts. I like to buy my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I always get, like, Best Buy does a Steel Series case. I always go and get the Steel Series case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, a quick sidebar, and I don't know how necessarily we feel about Best Buy as a company as a whole, but I went there like a month or two ago. They have a really good selection of DVDs. They do. It's, it's really good. Like stuff you wouldn't get anywhere else. Stuff that's hard to find in even like Amazon. Mm-hmm. I know Black Friday is coming up. Always hit up Best Buy. They always have really good Blu-ray, DVD. Dude, I do it every year. It's really not that scary. Okay. Well, the Best Buy I go to. Uh-huh. Is really, <laughs> I live in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> so like this is a little sketchy. Like the people kind of crawl out from the cracks. And uh, well, to to get back on track, the next point I was going to make is they're going to go after TV. So Disney owns ABC, right, and Hulu. Hulu already does a subscription service where you pay like. Five bucks extra a month to stream live TV. Mm-hmm. Disney's going to start doing that. And I think we're going to start seeing shows like, uh, I forget what shows are on like a- ABC News or whatever, but we're going to start seeing their like morning shows coming to their streaming service. And then maybe it'll be like, oh yeah, it's only seven bucks a month, but if you want to watch ABC live, quote unquote, you're going to have to pay an extra three bucks. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially knowing that they own Hulu, that's part of how they get like, the rotating content stuff going. Because um, uh, the way Hulu does some of their stuff is, like, if it's a current season going on, you can watch it. You can watch it for free sometimes with commercials or whatever. Um, and then you can watch it with commercials if you pay, like, their base subscription. And then you get it anytime if you pay, like, a bunch of money for their, like, third-tier subscription or whatever. But while it's airing, you can watch it. And then once it, like, goes off the air, even for, like, a week or two sometimes... They take it, or they put it at a higher subscription level, or something like that. And so it's like, okay, 
Uh, once this show is done, like, yeah, if you pay the subscription, you can watch it live as if you had the TV. But once it's gone, you can't really access it anymore, or it becomes a lot more difficult. And then they create that false scarcity, where it's like, oh, this show's coming back. I gotta take this time to, you know, watch all the other episodes, watch what's coming out, you know, do all that stuff. And it's gonna keep people around for longer. I think they're gonna use Hulu as their test subject. Oh, yeah. And then it, what works, they're going to transfer onto Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to start seeing ABC and stuff like that make its way over. If it works. Of course, if it works. This is all this is all conjecture on the point that it's working because it sounds like it's going to work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that's terrifying to me because that means that they're... That it's changing the landscape of film forever. If we lose the movie theater, independent filmmaking is going to be completely different. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can already see it taking a huge hit, but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it'll disappear. But regardless, it's going to be impactful majorly. Yeah, yeah. See, you had mentioned them locking away shows or whatever. You had mentioned the Disney Vault. They've already started implementing the Disney Vault. So, code hackers, people who, when a new program comes out or a new update to a game or whatever, they like to go into the code and see what's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. They have already found titles on Disney Plus with expiration dates on them. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Nothing happy. big. The only big one, and if it's true, it's it's a pretty big one, is Princess and the Frog expires November 28th. Wow, why? Karen's going to hate that. I don't know if it has to do with contracts. I don't know if it has to do with something else, but um, they've already started vaulting. And since they bought 20th Century Fox, not a lot of people know that. The average person doesn't. Disney bought 20th Century Fox. So they have all their IPs. Mm-hmm. The alien movies, uh, the rights to the original cut of, you know, Star Wars A New Hope. Like, they own so much. They've already started vaulting 20th Century Fox stuff. There were 300 films that 20th Century Fox had slated to be in the works. They canceled all 300 of them. Oh my, I haven't heard of that. Some of them were already in production. What about, what was that one Mutants movie? Yeah. The New Mutants. Is that, that's not making it to theaters. I have no idea. That was supposed no to come out. Happening. That was supposed to come out in September, right? Who even knows? Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on with that. If it gets released, it would just be like straight to streaming probably. But also like, I kind of don't expect it. They, I mean, they canceled even like, um, anniversary, you know how like the big anniversary of something comes out into theaters, mm-hmm. things that weren't too late in, in the line of production on that were canceled and they're vaulting those IPs and putting them in the Disney vault and we won't see them until they choose to pull until they decide oh we need to renew the rights on this film make it again Mm-hmm. And so we're going to start re-seeing the emergence of the Disney vault like back in the day where it was like, for a limited time, buy Beauty and the Beast for only like a month. And then it goes back in the vault. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't see it again. I think they're going to do something very similar in the Disney Plus where it's going to be like the classic movies are going to start disappearing. And then it's going to be like the Disney vault. Limited time just to keep those prescri- uh, subscriptions coming mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. It scares me. I hate it. I like I love Disney, but man, do I hate Disney because I think they're ruining a lot of things. Yeah, it's like it's so close to being what we want, but then it's like uh, they're being they're their business, business <laughs> and all they care about them is the money because yeah. they were not happy that you know Endgame only made well, however many billions that it made. They wanted two point six billion. Yeah, they want like Star Wars: The Last Jedi made. Two something billion dollars, and that wasn't enough for them because the projections were further. But mm-hmm. the movie flopped, so they're going to be a lot more careful with their IPs, also. So it's just it. This theory, once I like thought about this, read some articles, was like, oh my god, if this is true, what does that mean for the industry and us as independent filmmakers? See, do I, you I, think I, it's a good thing or a bad thing? Oh no, it's definitely a bad thing. I mean, I, I made that joke earlier when you asked what I thought of Disney+. Plus. Like, oh, I love Disney. That's because, like, I am almost scared of saying anything about Disney because they're just going to have some, like, bot go through everything that's related to me and find anything that I said bad about Disney or anything that could just, you know, put them in hot water if I was, like, yeah. virulent, vir- whatever that word is. If I was just, like, super racist one time, they'd be mm. like, you know what, maybe we don't want this person. And not hire me. And then also like, oh, did this person say disparaging things about Disney? 
we're not going to give them, you know, as nice a job or something. Like, okay, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> they give you the keys to a Star Wars IP. They mm-hmm. find out. They take those keys away. Yeah, yeah. They I can never do anything like that. No, they haven't done no. that in the past. Not, not a single time. Guardians coming out? <laughs> what? Of the Galaxy? Yeah. Volume 2? No, 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 no. 3. Or 3? D- directed, directed and written? But but James Gunn? Yeah. Oh. I remember a time when that wasn't going to happen. I remember. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's scary as a filmmaker to, to talk about it. But I mean, like, this, like, to me, it could either... It's scary in the sense of it could either be really good or it could be really bad. And I, I don't know which one I like. It's not that I'm, I'm slamming Disney for it, but... I think that there will be good things to come from it. Yes. I think mm-hmm. that, like, there's no way that nothing, like, useful comes out... And I think that change is inevitable in all things, but especially in an industry as young as ours. Like, yeah, things are going to change. You can't avoid that. You can only change with it and hope that, you know, it it suits you and what you're going to do and that you can adapt quickly enough or whatever. Like, that's all nice and good. But also, there will be be bad things. There will be casualties. There will be things that didn't have to happen that they did to maximize their profit. The end game of any business in a capitalist society is to make all of the money that exists. Here, Here's a good point that I don't think we're talking about enough. One of the best things about Netflix when it came out, besides being like at your fingertips, is ad-free. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Disney's going to bring ads yeah. in. There's going to be ads. I think they're going to take a, a more route of like Hulu. Yeah. Or like before you watch an episode, you have one ad. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they could not because that will put off a lot of people. People will just go back to TV. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Ads are such a turnoff, for lack of better phrasing, to, mm-hmm. for, for anyone and everything. There's literally, just this Sunday, an episode of Rick and Morty aired where it was like some alien created an app and it was like going to take over the planet. It was going to be awful. And how they countered it, they just put an ad wall up. Oh, yeah. And people are like, ad wall? Hell no. I'm not. And then everyone <laughs> it. it. It's just, it's so true and so comedic how, how much we hate ads because they're forced upon us. Yeah, I completely agree. I, it would be interesting to see. I think if anyone were to take on ads, it would be Netflix. And that's going to be their last ditch effort. That's going to be their death. Yeah. That's going to be like, hey, we're not doing so hot. We need money. These are the people getting us money. Yes. Yeah. It's just going to be the people that have been with Netflix so long and are old enough now that they just like don't care. So the reason why old people still pay like their phone bills and their crazy high cable bills even though they only watch two channels. Yeah. Like, they just, they don't know better. It's easier for them to just keep doing their thing. And that's probably going to be enough for them to hold on for a while, but that's going to mean that they slowly start to degrade. That means that whoever are the new people that are in charge are going to, you know, do things to try to just keep that around, and then that's, like, they're not going to be able to maintain that forever. Unless you keep bringing in new people, you're not going to be able to, you know, sustain yourself long term. I just thought Unless they make people live forever. If they can make people live forever, <laughs> then there will be people paying for your thing forever because they don't give a shit. See, but if they do that, they're going to bring back Walt Disney and he's just going to tear everything apart. <laughs> okay, no. I, <laughs> I thought of something just real quick about how there's Disney Plus, but there's still Hulu and mm-hmm. how they own it. All the commercials we see for Hulu... Are about Disney Plus. No, 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 no. I've seen that. Okay. That's been for me. Yes. <laughs> it's always that's like, the thing. Here's Disney Plus. For me, it's separate. It's the Hulu commercials. The one thing that I'm always hearing is Hulu has live sports. Mm. So it's making me think not just sports, but any sort of live thing will be pushed to Hulu. Well, that's what I mean. I think Hulu's going to be the tester. Yeah. And then they'll just like slowly merge the two together mm. or like, or just be like, we're selling our shares on Hulu, and then Disney Plus is going to be like, hey, now ESPN, instead of paying for a separate subscription, because by the way, we own ESPN, we're just going to add it into Disney Plus. Yeah, you know? and access it directly. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting, but mm-hmm. I know movie theaters, at least for me, I love movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. So I think the only thing that, maybe not the only thing, but one of the main things that would ever save the movie theaters is if the film unions get involved. Because right now, the unions have rules to where a film has to be in movie theater for X amount of time for it to be, like, Oscar-worthy. And that's huge for the film industry. Or, you know, for certain um, distribution things. So the only way the movie theaters will survive is if the movie theaters keep the unions on their side. And um, 
then on top of that, offering things like A-List. Mm-hmm. Um, which, for those who don't know, AMC offers a subscription service, again, a subscription service, mm. called A-List, that was basically their, which is their version of Movie Pass. And for those who don't know, new Movie Pass is you pay a subscription, you get to watch a certain amount of movies um, and a certain amount of time period. So AMC does it to where you pay, depending on where you live, it's a minimum of 20 bucks up to 25, depending on where you live. I think here in Riverside for the Tyler mall, it's like $22 a month. Mm-hmm. You get to watch three movies a week, any level, IMAX, Dolby Atmos, normal, you know, movies, and you watch up to three of them. You watch two, you already made your money back. Exactly. And I, as a filmmaker, when Movie Pass died, which I had Movie Pass, yeah. I was sad because it got me going seeing movies, which yeah. makes me a better yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. So AMC's A-list has become that for me. And it gives me a reason to get out of the house. I like to go out, have dinner with my girlfriend, and go to the movies afterwards. Or go to dinner with my friends and movies afterwards. I think that is something streaming service will never be able to do. Mm. It's for you to be able to... Go out, get dinner, go to the movie theaters, get that movie theater popcorn, sit in those big-ass comfy chairs with perfect, like, 7.2 surround sound or whatever they have on a big-ass screen. Like, unless they get big screens, everyone with surround sound, and that movie theater popcorn in the house, they'll never be able to kill the movie. I disagree. I mean... Because of something that we mentioned earlier... The, the streaming services are just going to own the theaters eventually. Or the theaters are going to own the streaming services. That's the way it's going to be. And, like, you, you're basically going to pay, like, $30 a month for access to their movies and whatever else they decide to give you. And then also, maybe for a reduced fee, maybe for free, because you're already paying a bunch of money. And they need to, you know, incentivize you to leave your house occasionally. Um, is they're going to have like these viewing experiences that they allow you to go. <laughs> That's actually, and it gets you out yeah, of the house. You can, I see that happen. And you know, you already have access to that movie, but now you get to watch it in, in a better way. Cause you don't have, you know, a 70 foot TV or whatever. That's true. Yeah. It's not in the so, pitch black. You don't have the nice, I just, it's going to change. But yeah. Yeah. But I don't think the movie theater itself would die just for the fact of loan of the experience of going out and doing it unless they find some way to I mean there's still video stores yeah my hometown still has a video store mm-hmm. that is I'm surprised to this day that's still I think there's one like behind UCR or something I've seen it actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so they exist so I mean this is kind of similar and I you made me think of it because We're talking about the future. We're talking about technology. You even mentioned like, oh, your Hulu ads are really targeted to you and Disney Plus because they know you're a big Star Wars fan. Oh, your Hulu ads are really targeted to you because you're a sports fan. It's like, oh, weird. How do they know to do that? Um, I think that even further beyond that, like they're going to, they're going to really have have it figured out how to make you want to buy everything that they're selling. Okay. That's a different subject. We can have for another podcast because I could talk about it for like two hours is data rights. Mm Mm-hmm. There are no rights to your personal data on the internet. Well, there are, but you immediately sell them as soon as you click the I know. read of the you, you can't rights and services. That. There's, there's that you don't I know, that's what I mean, though. But there's no legislation to prevent that. Mm-hmm. And they're trying. They'll do, like, you know, way back when SOPA or whatever the new act that just came out that gets implemented on January 1st. Mm-hmm. Forget what it's called. Though. Yeah, they all suck. It's because they don't... Because the they, boomer generation doesn't know the internet. Mm-hmm. What was... What was the whole thing with the, the, the internet not so long ago? It was like, everyone was throwing a bitch fit about what they were passing. There was that some happens. That happens constantly. I mean, YouTube has to follow the law now, and on January 1st, it's complete ads are changing completely and how they're directed. And, and it, that's a whole other subject we can talk about another time. But data oh, rights are going to be huge in the future just I, for that reason alone. That wasn't the only reason I brought that up. That was just part of what I was trying to do, and then I forgot it halfway through. Um, so uh, part of, like, that advancing technology is, like, oh, there's also, like, like deep fake is really good, and it's going to get to the point within the next, like, 10 to 20 years where movies don't need people. Oh, yeah. And they can they can write them, they can, oh, like, shoot terrifying. them, they can do all their things. Without really having, like, you know, two, three hundred person crews like they currently have, which is going to be crazy. But then there's still going to be a market for human made films. See, like, there's always going to be, like, somewhere where I you can agree. do that. You can do that with theater, you can do that with video service, you can do that with streaming services, everything. That was, this is a great segue. A thing. Yeah, that's a great segue into my very last topic, 
make it really quick is the um, the fact of the use of CGI and like deep fakes because you have like Gemini Man right mm-hmm. which was Will Smith they had a younger version of him and then the actual Will Smith but they still use the actual Will Smith and then there was um, announced recently there's a new movie I forget what it is but it's coming out soon and they deep fake the original actress to bring her back as a second character um, and they did it in the new Blade Runner also mm-hmm. um you have no rights to your face. Like, there's like there's some. You have rights to your likeness. Because I've heard of lawsuits and stuff where, like, video games have used an actor's likeness without their permission. And they got, like, shit right. for it. But I don't know the it, extent of that. This is what I'm getting at. There's, there's going to be need to be some sort of legislation to prevent that. Because, you know, especially with deepfakes becoming huge now. It's like, they're just going to... Instead of finding new actors and making new stars, they're just going to revive uh, Harrison Ford... When he was 20 years old. Oh, yeah, they were f- the, when he's dead. Everyone was freaking out about, like, James Dean. Mm-hmm. Someone said that they're going to replicate James Dean into a film. And, like, all... A bunch of big Hollywood male actors are like, don't do that. Yeah. It's don't. it's it's scary. Yeah. But that it also... devalues like, the actor. Yeah. And, and it goes to, like, is that right? No. How do you know? They're dead. Is that right? Are they okay with that? See, that's the really interesting part about that to me, because, like, yeah, you get some real weird, like, shit going on inside of you when you start talking about that. You're like, oh, I don't like the fact that, like, this person I'm a really big fan of might not be a person. That might just be, like, enough things that computers said people liked enough to put on a screen, and apparently it really worked on me. Like, that feels really weird and uncomfortable. But also, like, eventually I feel like that's just going to be the norm. Like, that's going to be what people come to expect. And, like, yeah, because we're on this side of it, it seems really scary and, like, probably morally whatever. And maybe it is. Maybe maybe it is actually going to separate us somewhat from, like, being human and the human experience and connecting with each other, and that's going to have detrimental effects. But also maybe that's just part of what becoming, like, the next step of civilization is, is, you know, accepting that everything is kind of fake and you can control everything. I mean... In our lifetime, the film industry is going to change a lot because of deepfakes and because of CGI. Mm-hmm. Just technology um, in general. Yeah, like you said, they're going to, instead of hiring a crew of 100 people to film something, they're just going to hire, you know, 20 CGI artists mm-hmm. in a building somewhere where you don't have to pay for uh, permits, catering on site. Like, they just a normal 9 to 5 job that they have to go to to create entire scenes. The new Spider-Man movie, uh, Far From Home, the last dream, the dream sequence thingy was mm-hmm. 100% CGI, including Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There was no motion capture. There was no mm-hmm. green screen. I mean, and when I found that out that for a while, more movies, I, especially with Iron. But that was like the first time when I was like, "Holy oh. crap!" Like I, I at least thought there was like, like Peter Parker in a yeah. mocap scene. Yeah, oh yeah, no. some of it. Right? But like Infinity War, the very first scene when you see Iron Man click into his nano suit, that entire scene, not even him just standing there. He's not even there. I love that, but I hate that. I hate, I hate it. I don't like that. Because... I, because that scares me. It's going to destroy the film industry. It's going to take away jobs. There's not going to be DPs anymore. There, You know, there's going to be guys who are like... Who, like, the new equivalent of a DP just they in just the off. digital world deciding where the camera's going to be. Like, this goes back to, like, Dean Cundy, the DP of um, Jurassic Park. He said, do not lose the art of film. And do not lose the DP because the DP is slowly dying. You know, you're going to have 10K cameras where you put two 10K cameras on the set. You just hit record and then in post you decide where the framing is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not film in my mind. You know, you lose the magic of film doing that. And we're going to see that change in the future. And like you said, there will always be a niche of like actual human film. But like, again, it's going to have to be the unions stepping in. I think as much as we all hate unions, I think <laughs> that film unions are going to be the saviors in the near future. It's terrifying. I hate, like this has been a really dense episode, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely really interesting and really intense stuff. And I, I kind of agree with what you said. Like it's going to change and it's going to be dramatic, but something that you have to do all the time and people have done for a long time is you have to be vigilant as things change, as things evolve. Because, you know, things aren't always working in your favor and you and everyone around you have to be vigilant on how you can, you know, make things not kind of dystopic. You have to make sure that even as things change and things evolve and sensibilities change and evolve along with them, that it still remains human at its core. 
If you don't like it, fight it. Yeah. That's great. Okay, well, let's let's try and end this on a happier topic. Okay. Something a little more fun, because I feel like this has really, really been... Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but it, it's a little dense. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Oh, no. I love... The, I could talk about this for... Yeah. Hours. It's yeah. terrifyingly awesome and... Yeah. But let's make terrifying. it a little bit less apocalyptic. Yeah. You've heard of Netflix and chill. Now it's <laughs> Disney Plus and Bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too sexy. There was, I saw a meme on that, and it was really good, but I don't remember what, what the exact yeah, one, was. What the okay. one was. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of creative ones already. Let's uh, let's just talk about really quickly. Um, I wish Harley was here. On set curses. Oh boy, Harley has a lot of these. Oh, just really quick, ten minutes. Yeah. Let's talk second. about this. I haven't talked to him specifically yet, but I did ask Karen, I like an hour before they finished, I don't think Harley heard himself on the most recent Arshwitz project, Brussels Sprouts. But he was he was acting on it. He was on the set. He wasn't there forever, but he was acting. He was like slamming his hands on the table, so maybe he got like a little sore from that or something. Probably. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about him falling or cutting himself or chipping a tooth or anything. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, Harley's curse is he always hurts himself on everything every single every set but the thing is is Brussels Sprouts is technically one film but they have two different film crews doing the same script so he has the chance of doing it oh that was the second film oh that was the second film they're done filming (gasps) maybe he hurt himself during the writing process I don't know this is not for us to discuss So what's a what's a funny unset curse for you? A curse? Maybe not a curse, but something that just like unusual. Something funny. Something something funny. I'm too nice, apparently. Oh yeah, I've I've, I've heard <laughs> from fun unnamed people that they felt slightly uncomfortable by how casually and quickly I was very comfortable with them. So tell me a funny story. Maybe like on the return or uh, I think it was awkward silence. Like I was, it was our first time filming, and I was just a student filming with other students but yet i was the assistant director and i was supposed to be like managing people i did not feel any sense of authority at all and i just really wanted to throw that towards everyone be like yo like we're equal here so i was like kept telling everyone thank you love you thank you i love you <laughs> and it'd be like pick up that piece of trash thank you love you Th- thank you love <laughs> you it's hard yeah. yeah especially being like a um like a I hate saying that. being a white male on set. Sometimes I can yeah. come across worse than it actually yeah. is. I mean, it's always like you have to keep the thought in the back of your mind. Like I don't want to appear a yeah. certain way. It's hard. So, it really is. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to chill and live my life and make sure everyone is having a good time. Also, that was not a curse at all. <laughs> but uh, well, it kind of, I mean, it kind of went into other films. The Returning were a little nice. Too, yeah, that was too nice. <laughs> you want to be everyone's friend. I you just start yelling at people. I don't want people to feel. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't either. Like, I'm controlling them. I don't know. Literally, the one piece of advice that I've ever received about assistant directing is like, oh, everyone has to hate you. If everyone doesn't hate you as soon as you walk into a room, you're not and doing they think it right. you're an asshole, like, you're not doing it right. You're not commanding. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the work of the assistant director, <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job at it. I, it like, am I wrong? Are you wrong? Like... Someone, someone's not doing something. Yeah, right you're seeing interviews. You're like, as AD, yeah, everything's going great. And then everyone else is like, oh my god, Casey. Okay, okay. You know, at the end, you're just like, I did my job. <laughs> we finished on time, guys. <laughs> what about you, Christian? Uh, curses? Me, or maybe not a curse, but something <laughs> funny that happened to you normally or on set at one of the recent shoots. or One of the recent shoots. Like, I don't know, a Dallas film. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Uh... I mean, they, they those films were a lot of fun. The, the most recent DTH films that I did with them, I was DP on one and first assistant camera on the second one. Um, <clears throat> it was just like always something would go wrong. Like the, one of the things that is really common in film, uh, and you try to make sure it happens less and less. And I feel like that kind of works to an extent. Is you you start filming something and then you get like you know partway through a couple takes or hopefully you don't move on to the next scene or the next day and then realize like oh we missed something like during can't dance crew um like we were trying to like do our best and keep everything moving but it was just so fast paced because we did not have enough time to get everything done i think we even like couldn't get one of the scenes even um like we just had to go so fast that like eventually uh they come back to me like the the second day third day or something of filming uh, and they're like hey uh there was stuff on the lens, like, all yesterday. 
And then I, I am just devastated because now it's like, oh, all of my stuff is unusable because it's, there's like dots on the one, there's like dust somewhere. And it's like, okay, it's probably not literally unusable. Like they're going to be able to upload it to YouTube, which is where they intended to put it. But like, oh, that's just, you're moving so fast, you missed something. You, you forgot to like clean the lens because you looked at it and you're like, that looks fine. But like a little piece of dust messed everything up. And it's just something like that. Like maybe you, yeah. you Game of Thrones it and you forget that there's a Starbucks coffee cup in your shop. <laughs> I don't know if that's a forgot that. though. That was I feel like, like I feel like they genuinely forgot. Or like they were recording like a rehearsal and then they were like, Oh, I like the shop. Oh, that, let's actually use that one. And then the editor was just like, You didn't pay me to do that. So uh-huh. someone's like, Can we pay the effects editors like a hundred thousand dollars to take that out? And it's like, No. No. <laughs> yeah. Fine. And so there's always Something like that. I don't know if it's a curse or if it's just like you can only be so good. I can I can agree with that as like a director. Like you think you remembered everything, but there's always something you forgot. Mm-hmm. Not and I'm not talking about blocking or a moment. I'm talking about like a scene or like a shot. And I'd always laugh on big productions. Like sure, you can forget a lot when you're filming like a feature film at like a minute forty five long. Like you have probably like. 20 hours worth of footage so it's easy to forget something but like i always left i was like how does a million dollar production forget about an entire scene or like coverage on one section of a scene or whatever but now as an independent filmmaker i'm like it's so easy we shoot 15 minute films and we have maybe four hours worth of footage and we can forget entire scenes or coverage mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, oh yeah, we got that. Oh, one of, one of the fun things about the editing process, and we've uh, had it happen in the return a couple times, is we'll be like, now hold on a second. We're reviewing this scene and I swear to God we got a different shot here that we could use that would really make the scene better. And then someone else is like, I've been through all the footage. There's nothing like that. And you're like, no, 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 I know it exists. Yeah. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you remember it because you were supposed to get it, and you're like, I definitely intended for that to happen. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I went through all the footage, I labeled everything, I went through and selected all the clips, and somehow, like, didn't notice that one, or, like, for whatever reason, you marked it all off the first time, and you deleted it, you end up deleting something accidentally... Well, who knows? Yeah, it what happened for any number of reasons. One of my favorite things as a director, it's so dumb, but it is like when the editor's like, oh no, you guys, you didn't get that. Or like, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't use it or like whatever. I don't think you guys got it or, you know, what have you, or it's not good enough or whatever. And then like, I go to the footage because, you know, we own all of our footage. So I like go through and I look at it and I'm like, there it is. Send it. <laughs> I'm like, this is a great take. We have it. And then they're like, oh. Like, a good editor isn't someone who looks at the continuity notes and says, oh, the director liked that one, I'm going to choose that one. They'll go through everything, even after the continuity notes, to find the right one, because on set, it's different. Yep. I mean, the continuity notes are just, like, if there's anything egregious. Yeah. Like, we definitely can't use that, because... Harley Harley fell fell and started moaning on the ground. (laughs) But then you get into post, and you're like, you know what? Like, we're going to have to replace the audio from this anyway. We're only going to use this part of the take. And, like, that part that we're going to use, the actor was really good. So it's like, oh, suddenly we can use a take that was marked as completely unusable. No go. You know, I saw, sidetrack note, last thing. I watched The Mandalorian, episode one, with my sister when I was home this last weekend. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hey, wait. His, like, you know how he gets, spoiler alert, don't listen again, watch it. But if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. You should go watch it. La 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 for the next 30 seconds. Also, by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The metal pauldron that he gets replaced or whatever, gauntlet or whatever it's called, on his arm, suddenly in one of the shots just switched sides. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way. Like, costumer can't be that. Like, no one, like, there's no way someone on set, like, like, central piece. Yeah, I was like, there's no freaking way. Because they're not even the same pieces. Like, they're so different. Is it like a mirroring effect? So I went back and I was like, I don't believe you. And I went back and she like pointed it out and I was like, oh my God. And I like go in and I like frame by frame, like looking at it. They mirrored the image. So the Mandalorian was on the right side of the screen for the entire scene. And then for like a two second shot, he was still on the right side of the screen. But since they mirrored it, when they filmed it, they had him on the left side of the screen. So there was a mistake in production that made them need that shot so bad that they mirrored the image to where his armor looks 
identical, but but the wrong way, and nobody think nobody yeah, second guesses. Yeah, them. and it was like only like a few people will catch it or whatever. But it was because there's a CGI monster in the scene, mm. so they needed to have an open space on one side of the frame. So if that's the only shot they can use, or that's like the only shot the producer wanted or whatever. Yeah, like they would just have to mirror it. Like I bet you the editor is like, ha, "Watch, if this is only two seconds, no one will catch it." But I would like my mind was like blown because I was like, "What? How dare they? Yeah, how dare they?" I bet an editor or a VFX person did that didn't even say anything <laughs> yeah they're just like well this is this I is love, what they want i love how we almost take offense to it they're like they think they can sneak that by no, yeah. <laughs> and we do it all the time <laughs> i've never made an image that's the one thing i haven't done yet you should try it sometime yeah okay well that'll be the end of our podcast uh for episode four um thank what's, you for what's the name of the podcast Chris? oh you know i'll start over <laughs> uh That'll be the end of this episode for The Backlot by Lot One Productions. Uh, thank you for listening in. I know it was a dense topic, but it was a fun topic for us. Mm-hmm. Um, stay tuned for future episodes. Also, announcement, it'll probably already gone by by the time we release this podcast, but premiere for our movies coming up December 13th. The return. Woo! So if you didn't know that we released it when this podcast is released, go look at our social media. It'll I, be on there. Hey, even if you do know that it was released and you were at the premiere and you've seen it three times, just go watch it again. Or share it. Yeah. That'd be great. Show it to your grandma. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm waving. See you next time. Hasta little bye-bye. Okay, then. <laughs>